This episode of MBSing is proudly supported by Simplecast. Simplecast makes podcasting easy, affordable, and downright friendly. Use the promo code CHICAGO to get 50% off your first three months. Welcome to MBSing. I'm your host, Mary Beth Smith. My guest today is my friend Andrew Knox, and he talks to me about his love of the New York Giants. We spend a lot of time unpacking the NFL, talking about fandom in general, and how that has changed in recent years for anyone who is paying attention to things like CTE reports and controversies over protests at games and the way that players are disciplined for things that happen on and off the field. But with all that said, there's a lot of uh, joy in here as well over player celebrations, uh, shows, and moments during games that have just allowed fans to get to know players or at least get a better sense of who they are aside from just being great athletes and a lot of joy surrounding uh, finding community where sports are concerned. So if you tuned in to hear a bunch of Eli Manning's stats rattled off for the couple of Super Bowls that he has under his belt, uh, if, if, go to a Wikipedia page or something because uh, they're not in here. But what what is in here I think is more compelling. Andrew just finished up a Sega City ETC stage review and is about to enter his next. And I think that is wonderful. We get some insight from him on performance and kind of end up mapping it a little to football in general. And... Uh, I would absolutely encourage anyone listening to this who hasn't to check him out on the Second City ETC stage. Uh, as he says in the context of the show, his physicalities in performance are wonderful, but also, man, the guy had to do a Trump impression for so long for so many shows, and I just can't imagine how that would kind of enter someone's psyche and he seems to have made it out uh, great on the other end as far as I can tell. If you would like to see a non-Second City live show, you can check out The Fishbowl at the Annoyance Theater any Thursday night at 9.30 for some improv from my group Sight Unseen. But before that, if you are a student of improv, this is of particular note. You can put your student ID into our fishbowl and get an opportunity to play with some annoyance veterans, teachers, directors, etc. It's a very good time, and I encourage anyone to come see the show. If you like this, I would encourage you to check out another show in the Chicago Podcast Co op called Team GFB Radio. It's about video games which are like sports. You know, they're digital sports. So check into Team GFB Radio for more online sports coverage and enjoy this conversation with Andrew Knox. What did you get into this day before we chatted? 
Um, not too much. Good uh, for you. Uh, yeah, yeah. Today's my like I guess what would be my Saturday if you were to compare my schedule to a, a nine to five schedule. For sure. Um, and my wife worked from home, so oh, those are always my favorite days because yes. like even if she's on a work call, it's just like fun to know that. She's here. And you're you know? getting to spend time together. Yeah. That's, I love that. Yeah, I love it too. <laughs> and I love her. Um, and so we rewatched, or didn't rewatch, but watched for the first time part of the Golden Globes. From nice. Last night that we missed. I, uh, I had it on while I was doing a bunch of other work. So yeah. I was kind of like not, you know, wrapped attention watching, but. Uh, That's the best amount of attention I feel like to give an award show, you know? Couldn't agree more. Yeah. You know, what are you, especially because. It's going to take them a while to get to the actual award. Heck yeah. <laughs> Think the, of all the dead time. Yeah. Most of the part you want to see. Yeah. It's like the monologue. Yes. If you care about what people, how people look or, you know, yes. whatever, like that's cool to see. But you can For see that sure. throughout the entire show. And you can just see that in pictures. Like you right. truly don't have to watch it live to experience that if you don't want to. Right. You know the fashion's going to be recapped. Right. If anything's recapped, <laughs> that's going to be recapped. And then like... Even just the time that they have of people walking to the stage when they've been announced. I couldn't believe. Walking off the stage, <laughs> yeah. and, and everybody doesn't know which exit to go on no matter what, which, I mean, if we got those awards and we're on that stage and stuff, like, I'm sure Lord, I wouldn't. I'm sure that's the last thing yeah. you're thinking. Right. I was kind of taken aback by that, though, because even, like, big ticket awards and things like that, the people, it would take so long for them to get to the stage. Yeah, yeah. It would take... A, a larger part of the actual airtime than it really felt like it should. Yeah, and I don't know if the Golden Globes are live or pre-taped. I think they're I think they're live, but they have like a slight delay because I know there were at least one or two times last night where they had to beep. beep. Yeah, Aziz Ansari got, and I couldn't even make out with his. I couldn't mouth either. What he said. Yeah, I couldn't either. The biggest thing that I took away from Franco calling Tommy Wiseau onto the stage with yeah. him was that like so he he brings his brother up and his brother's like obviously feels embarrassed by that to begin with. Yeah, because didn't he grab him by the hand, too? Yes. Like, let's go. Yes. And Which it, is such and an he, older his brother. his face, like, fell. And he was just like, no, I didn't, I don't want to do this. You're literally keeping me in your shadow. Yes. Like, oh, my God. The figurative so... thing I feel all the time you are literally doing to me on that's the biggest stage. Oh, so funny. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. yeah it's not like he was going to, like, be like, and now Dave's going to give my acceptance speech or whatever it was. He yeah. just fucking stood there. <laughs> so, But the biggest thing that I really took away from that was like, so the presenters walked off stage to go backstage, and Tommy was in front of the Franco brothers. Yeah. And he peeled off and went back to his seat. And yeah. I was like, I was kind of this mixture of like impressed and a little surprised by that because it seems like he would want – like any amount of the notoriety that he could get. Yeah, and they, I listened to James Franco's interview on uh, Fresh Air, mm. not to um, plug a different podcast on the podcast. <laughs> Perfectly um, fine. <laughs> We're all friends here. I know you and Terry <laughs> Gross like chat all the way time back. As well. I like to name drop her as much as possible. Never <laughs> met the woman. <laughs> I've heard her do the same of, of, your, of your name. Uh -huh. um, Thank you. But he, yeah, he colored Tommy Wiseau as like the most unself-aware person ever and so that's a self-aware move exactly. of like oh i'm not really a part of the i'm a part of this but not i was kind of shocked yeah and also james franco like heismaned him like stiff-armed him like whoa whoa whoa, whoa. maybe that was franco saying like putting him in it you know right saying, and that's like, what stay let in Tommy line know. Yeah. and he was like well if he didn't even want me to talk i should probably go sit down but it's like you said he's so unself-aware 
He would have had to have been to make that movie. <laughs> right. That's the whole reason that, that it's like around. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, James like James Franco like didn't let him talk, which okay, yeah, it's sure. he's not getting the award, so yeah. I guess that makes sense. Dave knows his place. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, Dave isn't even gonna try. Right. Um, and also, he's like blinded because he's in the shadow and he can't see out of it. <laughs> um, but but then he did an impression of Tommy Wiseau and in was in front of him. Yeah. And I know that the disaster artist was telling the telling Tommy's story. Mm-hmm. But then he did an impression and kept telling Tommy's story, which I guess that's okay. I guess that's the whole point of like, if it's an artist portraying somebody else's real life experience, but it just, it was a weird like meta and also sad and maybe necessary moment. I don't know. Yeah, I totally agree. And I feel like it all, most of it is just solved by Wiseau not coming on stage at all. Right, you know yeah. I mean, it would make I mean, it would be like if Alice and Janie had been like, "Tanya, come up here." Right. You know? Right, right. <laughs> it would have been practically the same. I mean, the bird got to be up there, the so The bird was on stage. Which I not where's a lot Tanya? of people Where's Tanya? <laughs> the bird was an actor, Tanya's Tanya. <laughs> and obviously that's not the bird, but Right, right. Um, right. <laughs> yeah, I think it was cool that he at least let Tommy Wiseau come up and like be there. Yes. But it was oh, still such a weird. Right. I'm glad you agree that it was a little bit of a fuck you to like do him in front of him on stage, not let him talk. And it was just kind of like masquerading him around. Right. I heard an interview where he said, I saw this movie and read about Tommy Wiseau and was like, this is me. Like Franco relates huh. to him. He yeah. like thinks he is him. Yeah. And Seth Rogen, when he introduced um, Disaster Artist, he portrayed it that way too of like this is you know for all the weirdos yes. who want something done and maybe it doesn't happen the way they want it to be but or, or want it to like come to fruition but they're sitting here at the Golden Globe so here we exactly. are exactly yeah yeah which is it's just interesting I'm really fascinated by that whole thing now yeah and it's mostly because I feel like they're trying to get me to care about it more than I want to I mean yeah we're playing right <laughs> into their hands <laughs> We just talked for five minutes about yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I also imagine, I always do this, but I bet there's stuff that we don't know about that relationship that makes that that the way that it had to be, or at least the way James Franco thinks like it had to Franco be. Like between Franco and Tommy? You yeah, mean? like he's got to know more than us. Probably. But that's also, I, I don't know him, James Franco, and maybe sure. he's like, through his filter, it's, we're right, and it is weird of him to do that. Right. Or maybe not. Or maybe he's just like, savvy enough to just like really only put into the world what he wants to you know yeah just be like well i wanted to make this movie because i think this guy's fascinating and i know i can do a good impression of him and (laughs) i don't really care what the guy you know happens to him on the other side of it yeah god what large percentage of all creative projects have been done just because somebody knew they could do a good impression (laughs) of blank uh, I feel like you can speak to that oh, at God. this point more so than many could. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, yeah. And I felt that of like, where it's like, oh, you know, I had to do this Trump impression for a show. And then I got a, like, got to a point where I could like, felt like I did it well. Our audience is connected to it in a certain way, which yeah. is like, it's the easiest impression for everybody to do. For sure. Yeah. And, and it's it like gross the, and they, it's the Arnold Schwarzenegger of our time, you know? Right. <laughs> and what's crazy, it's still Arnold Schwarzenegger's time and yet it's eclipsed. Whoa, whoa, whoa. It. Um, 
Yeah, and there's so many things I thought of just like, oh, I should do this because I can yeah. do it. Right. Which I don't think is a good way. I don't think I ever um, went about anything. I never did really anything with it other than like this moveon.org competition that I right. won. But like um, any like web series idea or any, you know, little idea, I never thought of it in terms of this is creatively something that I wanted to do or there's something I wanted to express. It was like, well, I can, so I should. Right. Which is Isn't not good. Not a good place to start creative endeavors. From. Totally. Yeah. I forget who I heard this from the other day. Oh, it was Terry Crews <laughs> on another podcast. And I think it was him. And he said, like, um, everything within your grasp was not meant to be held. Whoa. Which is such a great. Was I he just, talking about the fact that he was assaulted by an agent? Oh, my God. No, he I wasn't. I don't mean to laugh, but come on. That's no. like the first thing I thought. You have a comedy mind. That, But that just like encompasses that whole it is a very profound thing to say about yeah. like creative endeavors but it's also i think a profound thing to say about like the pe- interpersonal relationships around you yeah oh absolutely oh absolutely yeah. yeah yeah so i just find that like whoa i didn't even know the specifics of that story i didn't realize it's an agent not that we need to get i into think it anything. is it's someone who like works for an agency because uh, gotcha. he did more publicly come out and say who it was. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, and I think there's like a court case now as well. So he's become a very vocal, uh, you know, advocate of calling out that kind of culture. And um, I think it's like incredibly important because it's like, look at that guy. If people think that they can take advantage of that guy. Yeah. And you don't want to think about the fact that like women feel fairly constantly like threatened right. by that kind of thing. Right. Yeah. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> right. Yeah. If like, if anybody thinks of it as a physical power, right. sort of like paradigm or whatever, like if Terry Crews can be Take assaulted in that way. Yeah. yeah. Then like certainly people who have less muscle than him, which is basically everybody, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's like everyone, but the rock. <laughs> right. Right. Everyone, but the rock. That's, the title of something. <laughs> Terry yeah. Cruz's biography, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I'll read it. I don't know how I don't know how The Rock gets into it. Uh-huh. But I'll it's read probably, it. Probably maybe The Rock writes the foreword, I don't know. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and he just writes it from the perspective of being the only man in Hollywood bigger than Terry Cruz, yes. like literally physically bigger. <laughs> yeah, and what it takes to like stay bigger than Terry Cruz. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, great segue. Terry Crews, football player. Football player, yeah. <laughs> yeah. My guest today, Andrew Knox, is going to talk to me about his love of the New York Giants. Yes. I don't know what team Terry Crews played for. He played for the St. Louis Rams, I think, and a few other teams. Because he wasn't Dude. like a star, you know oh, what I mean? So and so, like, around. exactly, yeah. Um, like the stuff you see on Hard Knocks. Yes. Um, yeah. Which I love that show. Did have they done a Giants season? They haven't, and I'm glad that they so. haven't because I think it messes with the team. I mean, I watched a lot of the uh, Tampa Bay one this year. Yeah, yeah, actually, me too. And was like, man, they're probably going to be like really good. <laughs> me too. Oh my gosh. Because you just get to know these players, and you're like, even in fantasy or whatever, you're like, yes. oh. 
Deshaun Jackson is, yes. and I don't, I think he did do well this year. I but think he like, had a like okay season, yeah. I gave everybody. I've done that every year. My fiance did Starbucks. it with Jameis Winston. Like he was just yeah. like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bet on Jameis. <laughs> I saw him make that terrible pass yeah. in that preseason game, which everybody was talking about forever, and yes. the coach like, you know, talked to him about, it, and you got to see it and all that. But still, <laughs> if the if he is that nice to the craft services folks and the lunch folks at the Tampa right. Bay um, facility, he's going to be amazing this yeah. year on the football field. It absolutely changes the way that you watch the team. Yeah. Who's that? Is it um, McCoy? Who? Uh, Gerald McCoy? Yes. Oh, my gosh. He is hysterical. And him with his son? It's oh. him with his son, right, where his like, son just took a bath? Yes. And he's got a son and a daughter who are, like seem like they're like similar age. Yeah. And he's just like lotioning his son after like a bath or whatever. <laughs> And his son is just, like, goofing around. And then his son, like, punches him in the face. But he's, like, two or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's not hard at all. And it's also this little kid's tiny fist <laughs> yeah. hitting, like, a literally a brick jaw. Yeah. Um, and it, it's so, it is so cool to see those guys. The funniest. As dads and yes, stuff Yes, like, like, they really – I love – there was one person – there was one player this season whose, like, wife or partner of some kind was, like, more into – his career than he was basically. Do you uh, know, remember Knox, what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, the cornerback who's been around for a long time. Yes, and she had an athletic background too, right? Yes, she that's an right. Sprinter. Or I think you're exactly right. Something yeah, something like that. But she was like the most intense person on the whole show. Yes, was like the spouse of a player, like giving him a pep talk even when he was injured. Yes, like for a few episodes. So intense. And then I loved. I can't stop laughing about. Uh, Gerald McCoy did this thing when the refs came to explain the new celebration rules. Yeah. And uh, one of the biggest changes is that they didn't want any of them to be like sexual. Yeah, was one of their big lines they could draw. Yeah, you get three humps. <laughs> That's or right. Whatever or pumps they say is that pumps. what they say? Like I think it is pumps because they can't say humps. Oh yeah. God, just <laughs> such the silliest thing that we have to like make a rule about. But Gerald McCoy did the funniest thing where he was like, "Hey, is this too much?" And he was just like doing. Is this too much? And just like uh, experimenting with like dance moves and celebrations, yeah. and just trying to like kind of get under the rep skin. It's like, man, this guy's got to be good at football. He's hilarious. Yeah, he's, <laughs> I'm relating to him. He's got to be good at his job. Um, yeah, didn't he like he like runs up and does the humps and then or pumps and then runs away? Yes. And it was like watching like a ten year old version of him. You know, be like, absolutely. Is this okay? And then, like, running away. Exactly, yes. Uh, so what? what is your origin uh, story with the Giants? So um, the Giants, it's kind of like two-pronged. So the Giants used to have training camp in Vermont back when teams used to, like, go someplace for training camp, and now they all just do it at their facility, which is probably smart. <laughs> um, they would have it at this college called St. Mike's, um, St. Michael's College uh, in Colchester, Vermont. Maybe it's Essex, Vermont. Uh, I think it's, I think it's Colchester, um, right where Essex, Colchester, and Winooski meet for everybody. In, <laughs> All uh, the Vermont living in Vermont, yeah, you know what I'm Vermonters? talking about. Vermonters, Vermonters, yeah. Um, back in the '50s, they had training camp there, and my mom's family, mom's side of the family, her, my maternal grandfather's family all grew up in Vermont and lived in Vermont since wow. way back in the day. I grew up in Vermont too. Um, but they, so they were all Giants fans and they would go watch training camp and stuff like that. And um, my mom is one of seven. So 
I think they would all go. And um, my uncle John, who we call Uncle Bucko, was a big Giants fan and was like my childhood hero. Oh, um, and Uncle Bucko. Uncle Bucko. And he was a big Giants fan, and I was a big fan of his. So he you know, told me all that, that and I, I became a Giants fan through him. I also had a friend in daycare named Michael Hamrell, um, who, uh, who was a Giants fan, and, and I spent a lot of time with him when I was very young. And then... My dad was a Redskins fan. Whoa. He's now a Patriots fan. What? Yeah, it's weird. He like somehow happened to become a Patriots fan right around 2001 when they won the <sighs> Super Bowl. It was, you know, it's just like weird how those Super things line up, you know? It's like, he, you know, right around when they started <laughs> to be like the best team in the NFL. Right. <laughs> then he was like, you know what? I've got to come clean and just tell people where my actual fandom lies. Oh my God. He also, in his defense, because if, if, if he listens to this, he's going to be like, that is not the <laughs> of reason. Of course. <laughs> Which I think he's, I, I just give him shit. He's Yeah. The, I feel like every Patriots fan, regardless of whether they were literally kind of bandwagoning, <laughs> deserves at least a little, I mean, they have, they've gotten so much. Oh, absolutely. We and get to razz them. Yes, of course. <laughs> you, you get Super Bowls. Good for you. And as a Giants fan, we beat them twice. Oh, sure. Based solely on luck. And so sure. Um, I unfortunately never got to watch any of those with him. Um, but, uh, but that is good. If we're going to beat any team, thank God it's them, especially being from Vermont, which is new England. And he, his real reason for, um, converting to the Patriots was that Teddy Bruschi, who was uh, a player at university of Arizona where my dad went to college. And my dad is like a huge U of A fan, every sport. Um, he went to, yeah, the Wildcats. Yeah. This is back in, uh, the desert swarm was the name of the defense that Teddy Bruschi was on when Arizona was supposed to be really good in the early 90s. Operation um, Desert Swarm. Desert Swarm. <laughs> uh, I think the team was a disappointment, but Teddy Bruschi obviously was not. Um, and so uh, he followed Teddy Bruschi. His gotcha. fandom followed Teddy Bruschi to the Patriots. You know what? I think that's fair. Totally. I uh, I have like a weird relationship with the NFL in that I never really had an NFL f- team I was a fan of growing up, but I'm a huge college football fan. I, Tonight's the night. This is why I was like, I don't know, maybe 645 we can be wrapped <laughs> up by, um, even though it's like all on me. Uh, so yeah, tonight is uh, the night of the NCAA football championship. We're a huge UGA fan family. My dad went there. I was born in Athens, blah, blah, blah. Go uh, dogs. <clears throat> go dogs, indeed. Uh, so when I moved to Chicago, I like kind of tried to get into the Bears. I really liked Urlacher. Yeah. Um, and like followed them for the first couple years I was here, but like fell away from it because they weren't very good. And like Cutler is not really fun to like rally behind as a QB. Oh no. Most punchable face uh, in the NFL. Just like a, a walking punchline yeah. uh, for sure. So I kind of fell away from it. And then I started dating someone who's a huge uh, Steelers fan. Okay. So I kind of like adopted the Steelers. And as a result of that, I'll gigantic hatred for the Patriots. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Because they, it's like every AFC championship that the Patriots have won to get to the Super Bowl. I know it's not every, but it might as well be, has been against the Steelers. So it's just like fiery amounts of passionate hatred at this point in his life and fandom. They're like season killers. Yeah. But I will, I'll also say about the Patriots, nobody in Vermont. And I know Vermont is like, the most forgettable state in New England. <laughs> Nobody of any of my friends growing up were Patriots fans. Granted, uh, when I was growing up, everybody was a Cowboys fan for no reason. Well, right. I mean, because it was America's yes. team and all that. Yes, the but, same way that everyone was a Bulls fan. Yes, which I fell into. I was all about of that course, when I was a kid. Right. But Cowboys, 
No. No, I can't do it. Um, but uh, but nobody was a Patriots fan, and then they won, and all of a sudden, Everyone. all these kids that like, I think they won for the first time when I was a freshman in high school or in eighth grade, mm-hmm. and then all yeah, everybody was right. Patriots fans, and and it's just like, ugh. and that's such an easy thing to rebel against too, or to want to rebel against. Oh yeah, especially from your perspective, perspective as like already being a big Giants fan. Yeah, yeah, and, and the Giants were in Vermont, the Fox team. And the Patriots were the CBS team. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So like you were you were getting every game. It was just kind of like where your loyalties right. lie. Yeah, which I think is what made it easy for me to maintain fandom of the Giants. But my dad back in the day was a Redskins fan, and I remember very when I was very young, wanting to mess with him or something, and so I was like, I like the Giants because <gasps> they were in the funny. same division. Yeah, that's really um, funny. Which I think is a kind of common thing of just. It's either like you're all in or you're all out. Yeah. You, I don't know what made me want to do it, though. No, I totally agree with you because it's very similar where college football is concerned in the South. Because, like, some people will grow up Clemson fans even though they come from, like, a South Carolina family because they're just like, fuck y'all. I'm yeah. Like, Maybe I don't want to like this just because you told me to. But for me, it was just like, no, you, I've always been – where else was I supposed to get that allegiance from right. but my family? <laughs> right. Well, yeah. And then it's but like... But you had a little bit of both sides, you know, your mom's side. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think having friends that were Giants fans and then my Uncle Bucko, who was a big part of my life, mm-hmm. uh, uh, still is, but but especially as a kid. Um, yeah, all those factors like reinforced mm-hmm. what, what might have been a momentary rebellion. But I, I was only going to say that I totally have will do that like loyalty to a player I liked in college because, like, I had this little thing for the Lions because Matt Stafford was a UGA quarterback. Yeah. I love that Todd Gurley is playing incredibly for the Rams. Yeah. Because he was at UGA, too. And, like, there's at least three guys playing for the Bulldogs right now who I think, like, will have a great NFL career. Or three running backs alone. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. <laughs> two of the three I was thinking of yeah. were uh, Sonny Michelle and Nick Chubb for sure. Like I think they'll go pretty early in the in the draft next, probably like second round draft picks. Uh, and like I can't wait to see where they go. Like I can't wait to follow their careers. Yeah, yeah. And- so if you really liked, you know, Teddy Bruschi, <laughs> then like maybe you follow him to a team that was already doing really well. <laughs> totally. And I did. We did the same thing. Like there aren't many athletes from Vermont that make it to anywhere. Mm-hmm. And um, I grew up playing hockey, and there was a guy named John LeClaire. I don't know if you follow hockey at all, but he was big in like the, the 90s, Penguins. early 2000s. Uh, Penguins? Okay, yeah. he played for the Flyers. Okay. Um, granted, your Penguin fandom, I imagine, started two years ago. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so a little closer to like three and a half, but yes. Three and a half. Okay, okay, okay. Gotcha, but like the same. But yeah, you Steelers. see what I mean. Yes, yeah. yes, yeah. yes. I, I see or I see what you're commenting on. Yeah. But it's the same way that I adopted the Steelers. I never had an NHL fandom I got into the NHL solely because of my fiance. He loves the Penguins, and they just happened to have won the last two Stanley Cups. Yeah, you jumped on at the right time. Incredible fashion. I mean, the first Stanley Cup win, the the one two years ago, I watched like more hockey in that postseason than I had ever watched, and it was incredible. Yeah. It was such good hockey. Yeah, and hockey is so much fun to watch, and Love that's it. why it's so nuts that it doesn't get – it's not as popular. I, think, I don't understand it either. I think the reason is because basketball is also so much fun to watch. Yeah. And it's more accessible in the sense that like more people play it growing up. Yep. So you're going to watch the sport that you already understand and Absolutely. Like, is in your blood. So It's like the only reason that 
baseball survives is because like people played it as kids and there's so many games that it's nothing but accessible yes because you can pay five dollars and go see a game yeah but you can't say that for literally any other sport right and baseball's in the summer when i don't know if mls is going on but nothing else is going That's a on good so point. it's like yeah everyone else considers it like the off season <laughs> right like well if we want to get our fix we got to watch baseball yeah. Um, I'm not Everyone's a big baseball so fan. so begrudging about I love baseball. Yeah. But I totally get it. Like, one of the things that I, you know, champion about baseball is how accessible it is. Yeah, yeah. I admire people, though, like you who uh, enjoy baseball and are committed to it as fans or just as appreciators because it isn't a sport for people with short attention spans. Yeah. So it's one of those things that you have to kind of earn the satisfaction rather <laughs> than not... watching hockey where it's like super fast and there's hits and all that. Uh, yeah. And I mean, especially I feel that way very much about basketball. Cause I'm like those last two minutes are like why you checked in in the first place. Right. And yeah. Cause it's just like, that's where it, that's where it all comes down to. And it just doesn't quite feel the same way in, in any other sport. Um, um yeah. Yeah. I know what you mean. What, uh, why do you think it's like, do you think the NFL's kind of stronghold in general is what made that one of your biggest like fandoms, even though you played hockey, you. Yeah. I, I think, um, growing up the teams that I was into the most were the Giants, the Flyers, cause John LeClaire played on them and he was from St. Albans, Vermont, but then also the University of Vermont um, Catamounts hockey team, men's hockey team, wow. which is where John LeClaire played. Cool. And Martin St. Louis, you know him? I know the name, yes. Yeah, he, uh, he played at UVM uh, and That's they got awesome. to the Frozen Four when he was there. And then the year after he left, he and Eric Perrin and like um, Tim Thomas, who was a Bruins uh, goalie for a while and might still be, I don't know. Um, I became a stick boy for the hockey team. No way. Yeah, after, the year after Martin St. Louis left. So and then I was a stick boy for three years, well, two and a half. The third year uh, got ended prematurely because of a hazing scandal. The season got canceled. Oh, my God. Yeah. At the school? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, shit. Um, yeah. I mean, necessarily. You know yeah. What I mean? Oh, and then, for sure. And then players lied like, about it, I think. So. Damn. Like, laughed about it? Is that what oh, they lied about it. Lied I think they lied when they were it. interviewed, which maybe that was then. What made it so that it had to be like, you know what? We're just shutting this all down. Yeah, exactly. Um, Man, that's crazy. That's so funny that that's such high profile news, especially for a team that had just been in the, like you said, in the frozen four, like a few years before that. Yeah. That would be like if in two or three years, Alabama had a huge hazing scandal and could like not play, you know, could not right. finish their season. Right. Like right. For in the hockey world. <laughs> right. Which is a much sw- and that's smaller what I world. Tried yeah. to like, definitely what I'm trying to like put into perspective is like, uh, how many people probably remember that that happened? <laughs> right. <laughs> People. Just me and my dad and Martin St. Louis. Um, but so then I was a huge fan of uh, the Catamounts and would like be at home games because you have to work at, you go to every practice. So I'd walk over from wow. my school across the campus of UVM and like, you know, do and the water bottles And that's how close it was. It couldn't, like you were so close to that yeah. whole environment. Yeah. While well, my sister went to UVM for part of it, which was a lot of fun, like just, you know, sort of. Being all, around. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I was such a huge fan of them, yeah, and the Giants, and I would listen to the Cats games on the radio if I if it like was an away game. And I remember like I'd have to go to bed, and my parents would tell me I have to turn off the radio. So I would do. I went to Catholic school, and I would do Hail Marys and Glory Bees and Our Fathers. In that I'd go Our Father, Hail Mary, Glory Be, Our Father, Hail Mary, Glory Be, in my bed, just praying that they would win. 
<laughs> I mean, literally praying, oh actually. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Wow. Like, until I went to sleep. I would do that for Flyers games, too. But Giants wow. games, because they were on Fox um, or on the radio if we were driving, I, I never – I didn't have to pray in my bed. <laughs> sure. Yeah, unless it was and Monday Night Football, unless, I Yeah, I was going to say, unless they get one of those night games – you're probably going to be able to see the whole thing, right. which would probably have rarely been true about anything else. That's a good point that like NFL is easier to follow. Yeah. And there's less. You don't have to there's pay as much so attention. There's so much less. 16 times. That's yeah. how much of a baseball season? A tenth? Right. Yes. <laughs> Almost exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, I mean, that is also the stakes of the way that football seasons are set up, which is also necessary because of how violent and... Yes. It's terrible the game is. Of course. Every game now, there is a life-altering injury where it makes me, like, I love the Giants, and they've played such a giant role in my life. <laughs> Lord. Um, oh, you were so, <laughs> you, the word hadn't left your mouth before you were embarrassed. I, my tongue couldn't take it back. Couldn't grab That's it fast enough. So funny. They've played such a giant role in your life. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, And so I just can't deny it. It's just like, part of me, you know, but it is something that I feel, I played football um, through high school and, and in college for a year and a preseason, but... Um, Where did you play in college? Uh, Hobart you? College in upstate New York, and play is a loose word. I did not see game time for... <laughs> preseason. Uh, yeah, for the main team, but I walked on my freshman year and then got invited to training camp my sophomore year, which was like the goal. Right. And then after training or preseason or training camp or whatever I think training camp we called it and then everybody got back to campus and I was like I don't want to do this well good for you for making the decision for yourself yeah not just being miserable because you like thought that's what I had to do which is why I think I played football in college because all my friends in high school or a lot of my friends were like yeah we're playing next year obviously walking on yeah Yeah. and my senior year we won the state championship and we're undefeated no way yeah yeah no way bury the lead (laughs) (laughs) I can't believe I didn't start out right away with the fact that in 2004 or (laughs) 5, we won the Division 3. Now, that's one level above eight-man football in Vermont, or it was then, uh, state championship, and we're an 11-0 undefeated. Can you believe that? Um, Wow. Yeah. Wow. I am sitting in the presence. Yes. (laughs) And and through my freshman year, the team was 0-24. They lost 0-8, 0-8, 0-8, and then my freshman year was the last one of no wins. And then by our senior year, 11-0. We turned around the program. Wow. Yes. They rebuilt on your back. Yes, <laughs> which is why high school athletes should get paid before <laughs> college athletes even get that high school before athletes. Before college athletes yes. you're advocating. Start small. So not the NC- – like, don't listen, NCAA – well, they, they won't. But if they see that it works for like things like Vermont oh. interscholastic high school sports, maybe then it would work on a larger level. It is. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that it's gotten like more difficult to watch football. So much more difficult. And I don't even think the caliber of play is up to standards, at least in this season, because it, it feels like they're trying to change the rules in a way that – makes the football worse to watch. But I don't want that to sound like they should just let them play and go after each other. Let the boys play. Yeah, yeah. Because that is far from what I've tried to say. They should absolutely continue to change the rules to make the game more safe. Oh, safe rules, absolutely. Like the head-hitting thing, 100%, all of those things to keep people safe playing the game because, I mean, especially in college, like these guys are not getting paid. And to be a student athlete for a Division Uh. I football program or any – 
program, no matter the sport, D1, even D3, like, you aren't really that much of a student. No. D1 football or basketball or whatever, you are there to honor your scholarship, which they're giving you, which means sports. And they're not going to, no one is ever going to say that. But if you want to be some really involved and difficult major, you are not set up to succeed. And you would have to go beyond any ability that some 18 year old has yes. to pursue that. I can't fathom. I mean, I didn't get enough sleep in college and I wasn't a student athlete, you know, like I absolutely took on like too many things and tried to do them all in college. And I can't fathom adding like how many hours, I mean, during a football season, it has to be like 50 to 60 hours a week, probably. Oh yeah. At least. Yeah. And like, and that's just like the sanctioned stuff where it's like you're supposed to do this it's mandatory that's a good point but you know then they've got these like they're supposed vol- to quote-unquote voluntary stuff that they've got to do and if you want to stay on the field and beat whoever else might be in that program that could take some position you have to go above and beyond <sighs> then your body needs to recover so you're tired and you need to you know sleep or whatever be in the trainer's room yeah so you don't have the mental energy to put towards i cannot school. fathom it. it it makes no sense that I feel like in our lifetimes, we will see both of those leagues completely change. Like, I think we'll see I the NCAA so. change, and I think we'll see the NFL change a lot. More. Yeah, yeah. Um, the only good rule the NFL, other than the, the safety ones they've done, is that celebration rule this year. Because yes. it's like... Totally agree. Yes, we are watching to have fun. And let those... Let the players, like, as silly as this sounds, express themselves. I can't, like, I agree with you. Like the It's fact, fun. It is so fun to think about the fact that, like... Before games, they have to, like, you know, take two minutes or whatever it is and go, like, okay, if I score a touchdown, this is the kind of celebration I want to do. Right. Is a delight and to so, think about. And some of those have been improvised. Weren't the Steelers ones, like, Juju Smith-Schuster said, like, oh, yeah, we didn't plan the hide-and-seek yes. one or something? Yes. Which is, like... That, what? That you will... did improv after you scored a touchdown? <laughs> like, that is wild. Um, there, but yes, improv the is truly everywhere. There was one that they did during their uh, Christmas Day game where he you couldn't really figure it out when you were watching it, and then afterwards someone put it side by side with a screenshot from Elf, and he literally acted out the snowball fight in Elf. Oh, my gosh. Like, the one in Central Park? Yes, he like dove. I believe it was also Juju. It was I think it was. He like dove and threw a, a snowball. Oh, like, like the slow motion. He, shot. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And so like, and when you see it side by side, you're like, Good lord, this is delightful. Like yeah. what? Ah, oh, what fun! So Just, I t- I couldn't agree with you more. Like, thank you for changing the celebration rules. It's so silly, and I love it. And it helps the NFL. Like, it's the same way of us like watching Gerald McCoy be a, like goofy, and then being like, I like him. Yes. He's good at football. I'll watch and support him. Like, yes. You watch something like that, you're like, I like that player. I'm <laughs> yes. tuning in. I'm like, absolutely committing more of my time and energy to like their yeah. product. Yeah. On Cam Newton's kid's birthday, he scored a touch. I think he scored a rushing touchdown. Picked up the ball. Uh, lit it as though it was like a candle on a cupcake and like carried it to this kid in the stands. And it was just like, come on. Yeah. What, how can you be more likable than something that like simple and sweet? Right, right. <laughs> which then that compared to the NFL, which I, I sort of look at, like the NFL uh, administration or, you know, whatever, as like a business. Yeah. Look at them as kind of like the evil empire. Like <laughs> that 
compared to the fact that they stopped the CTE study yes. when they're like, they gained evidence that it was an issue. So they're like, all right, would you like to continue to study to get more no, no, information? No, no. no we're Shut good. It down. We know that it's a problem. And so then we can move on to the next issue. But without addressing... I mean, it's the same way. This is a whole nother can of worms, but the same way as, like, Roger Goodell coming out at the beginning of the season kind of, like, in support of Kaepernick and in support of uh, players being able to uh, protest. And then a couple weeks into the season, the, like, numbers for viewership weren't as good. And he was like, you know what? Just kidding. Players should definitely do what they're asked by their coaches and all this stuff. And it's just like, fuck you, dude. Like, yeah. y- it doesn't get to be both. Like, Right. And then you lose both. Like, Exactly. Exactly. By trying to get those people back, no one is interested now. Right. Right. Because, yeah, when he turns on it in that way, then I would imagine, I mean, I was all for people, like, kneeling or doing whatever they had to do to express themselves during the National Anthem. I can't anthem. believe it's become the issue that it is. Yeah. And so then when he reverses, it's like, oh, well, you know what? <laughs> then screw you. Now I don't want to watch. <laughs> yeah. um, right. Right. It's like companies, which the NFL is, should be, you know, held accountable by their consumers, I guess. Like, and so he sort of treats like people who watch NFL as the board of directors telling him what to do. So when his right. numbers went down, he was like, oh, well then I guess a lot In of response. people feel this way. But it's like, we just spent how long talking about how CT is terrifying and like every game you watch has like a career ending injury and you think people stopped watching because of protests? Like, no, there's plenty of other good reasons to stop watching football. And if they did stop watching because of protests, that is a short term thing. Yes. And you don't need them to be associated with your brand. I right. mean, like, sure, yes. you've got to reach whatever bottom line for advertisements and money and all this sort of stuff, and no doubt that's why they make decisions. But, like, if you want to be a long-term business that stays around, do right by the players. Yes. That is what people are going to care about. You know what for I mean? For sure. Because there are so many sports and, and places that we can, like, put our attention. Put different, for sure. Um, but <laughs> Do you feel like uh, when you're growing up and watching – uh, Giants games, you know, and like doing things like <laughs> saying Hail Marys before bed <laughs> to like hope they win, which is so hilarious and ubiquitous. I would love if there was some way to like quantify the fraction of prayer that goes towards <laughs> sports wins. Oh my gosh, yeah. Can I, you imagine? It would be bandwidths would be full. <laughs> yeah. I used to do them before playing football games too. I would do the well, I mean, same. I'm sure whole teams do. Oh yeah. Know? Yeah. We would as a team. And then I would go in the lock Separately. into the shower and do 15 of that three, our father, Hail Mary, glory be. Wow. While listening to like Lincoln Park or something like that. Oh my God. Just pump up the jams. True yeah. church music. Yeah. <laughs> do you, f- I guess what I'm asking is like, how do you feel like the way that you've watched the team has changed over the years? Um, it's changed uh, in that I don't – I can't watch it as easily now. Like I've sure. got to like stream it from like Reddit or something. Um, <laughs> Preach. Yeah. That's, a, that's like one of our fuck yous to the NFL. It's like, well, I'm not going to pay for NFL Network. <laughs> no, no. We had it in some cable package a while back, and it ate up my life because I could watch that nonsense all day. And, and just, like, turn on Red Zone and never stop watching it. Anymore. Yes, and that's, like, when games are happening. And right. I'll watch oh, it all week when like there's no stake and it's Wednesday, just sizzle. when they're talking about, like, uh, how what James if? is going to – Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, that 
Oh, yeah. Sports coverage can just so easily consume you. Yeah. But, you know, the way that I've watched games hasn't hasn't changed that much because I still watch them. Now my wife will watch um, a Giants game with me because she understands how much I like it and if it sure. works for both of our schedules, you know. Love it. Um, that's, a, that's pretty much how I am with the Steelers games. Yeah. It's like if I'm around, it's going to be on. So, yeah, of course I'll watch it with you. <laughs> right, right. Um, but growing up, I used to – I would always watch them alone because – my dad might watch, but I, I just remember watching so many games by myself because he wasn't a Giants fan. Right. Um, and a big chore guy, too. And so it was, you know, Sunday. <laughs> but I would print out from our, like, home computer. He worked from home, so we had, like, a printer and stuff. And I would print out these huge... Do you ever try to make a banner as a kid using the printer? And it would be over multiple <laughs> pages, and then you'd have to tape them together, yes. you know, in the right way to spell out giants. And I, I had one that said Gantz for a long time because I spelled a five-letter word wrong um, and didn't want to have to tape it. <laughs> God, I love that so Go much. Go Gantz. Go Gantz. But I'd make all these big, you know, like multi-paper just uh, not pick stitch. What was it? Pick art or dot, uh, dot matrix? Oh, yeah, um, that sounds too advanced. Oh, Wh- whatever. Clip art. Clip clip art. art. That's yeah, what yeah. it is. Yeah, these big clip art banners and tape them together, and then like tape them on the wall around me, and then <laughs> watch the game. I it's love so sad. That Ugh. it's so yeah, but it's so interesting because it wasn't just like, well, if I'm here, I'll watch it with you. You had to make the active choice to like, you know go in your room or wherever the other TV was, find the Giants game. Oh, yeah, yeah. And make <laughs> clip art banners for yourself. Yeah, I just transformed the living room and then just watch the game and be so into it by myself. And I would, when I was really little, I would watch the game and set up our couch cushions as little tackle dummies and just, like, tackle them all yes, day. Yes, of course you did. I'm sure. Just work on my form, you know? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, that, like... Decorating the living room. I guess everybody does that, or a lot of people do it for sports. But my dad would always do that too for the Redskins or for not. He wouldn't print out clip art. <laughs> he actually had you know stuff from games or whatever. Right. But he would do it for University of Arizona and for Redskins. So I guess that's who I got it from. Yeah, that's I mean the like often uh, my fiance's best friend is Ryan Bent, who's also a big Steelers fan. Lucky and fiance. Like, right. They're they're both just real dreams of men. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Ryan's gonna marry us. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. You couldn't have chosen a better person. I can't wait. I mean, he's like why we know each other in the first place. Because like I met Ryan and then I met him yeah. through Ryan. God, he probably doesn't want this, but that is what he should do as a profession. Marry people. Like, I, there's no he more He has been involved in multiple other of my friends' weddings up to this point. Like, and may still continue to be another. You know what I mean? He's just like that guy. Yeah. He's the one that you want. Well, we have friends who got married in a courthouse and he was their witness. Like, literally the, the biggest thing that you could need in that particular situation. Uh, yeah, he's just that guy. Yeah. But he's also the guy who will bring his own terrible towel to our house and, like, put it on our TV stand while we watch the game. I love that. Yeah. Is he also from, from Pittsburgh? Uh-huh. Pittsburgh? I know uh-huh. that. Pittsburgh? Pittsburgh? Pittsburgh, yes. Um, I had a terrible flag as a kid, even though I wasn't a Steelers fan. Wow. My grandmother's friend was from Pittsburgh and I met him and he was just this nice older guy who was like happy to talk with a kid, you know, who's into sports or whatever. Yes. And he mailed me a terrible flag 
So I had it up in my room for a long That's time. so funny. Yeah. Is it, yeah. I had like, I want to say an Orlando Magic something yeah. when I was growing up. That was one of those teams. I had a Shaq. It was one of those teams. Oh, that's why. It was because of Shaq, for yeah. sure. Yeah. I had a Shaq fathead, or not fathead, but like a cutout, full-size uh, thing of Shaq because we moved. And when we moved into this house, they left it. And you were just like, I was like idiots. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> full-size Shaq. All seven foot one, two, or whatever. Uh, so you you said you feel like not much has changed because you still will sit down and like... It's kind of solitary. Surround yourself with Giants. Yeah, which I don't want. I, w- I would love a group of friends who are really into the Giants. And when they were when they won the their last Super Bowl in 2012, I had a group of um, friends who were kind of into the Giants and we would go watch the games together. Right. Um, but they've moved... And I don't know if they were as into the Giants as I was, but I appreciated them <laughs> pretending. Or, or, you know, like rising yeah. to the occasion. Of course. Also, when I first moved to Chicago and I didn't know hardly anybody, I joined a meetup group. That's a Giants meetup group. Yes. And God, it was cool, but so painful. They've moved since, but it used to be at Gaslight, which was an old bar off Fullerton, kind of in DePaul area. Yes. You know? I, I know the name for yeah. sure. Now I think maybe it's on Clark. I don't know, but it's like, you know, a sports bar. Right. And I remember, what? Not a good bar. <laughs> no. Oh, yeah. Not, not a place you want to hang, especially now. But I went there, and I, mean, I was 21 or 22 at the time, and like biked over there from uh, Logan Square where I lived and just sat at the bar, and I was so nervous. And so I like didn't, couldn't really talk to people, but then I would like try to talk to people, but would like stutter or something and I just went like a couple times and couldn't break out of my shell and then just stopped going because it was like like couldn't even do it yeah and just everybody knew each other you know I mean oh it was hard to like break into ish yeah it it seemed like everybody knew each other or just no one was there alone (laughs) sure Um, right and you're just the like 21 year old who's like "Mm, ah." How do I talk to people at bars? Yeah. You see, they're on offense right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> just jump through the window and leave. But I think I long for like a group of people who are all into it because I just like think that's such a fun. I mean, it certainly has been a large reason that I've watched as much Steelers football over the last like two or three years as I have. Yeah. Is because we get together with Ryan, sometimes Cynthia will join. Uh, we have watched games with like uh, Adam Shrek and Caitlin because um, they're Pittsburgh sports fans too. And like I know a lot of that just comes from the fact that like all these people became friends and it le- – well, for – Eric and Ryan knew each other in Pittsburgh, from, but for the most part, otherwise, it's just like they all happened to all be from Pittsburgh. Like right. Ryan and Adam didn't know each other until they were here. Caitlin and Adam didn't know each other until they were here. And, like, they're all enough Pittsburgh, fan, like, people that they're sports fans because it's just, like, one of those cities that everyone's into the sports, at least on some level. Oh, yeah. Pittsburgh is, like, such a proud city, I feel like, especially with their sports. But, yeah, totally the community is so... It's so fun. And it's like when we see those people the most. Yeah. For sure it is. Yeah. It's absolutely when I see the Shreks the most. Yeah. It's for like Steelers games or or Penguins games. You know, I watched the first Giants when they won in 08 against the Patriots with the helmet catch and all that with Adam Shrek because we were both in comedy studies in (gasps) Chicago at the time. Oh, my gosh. It was at the very beginning of our semester, and we watched at somebody's apartment. And I remember this is something I felt guilty about forever, and I think I've I've – confessed to him my, my guilt before about it. But 
I was not 21. He was 21. Do you know, do you know the story? No, I was no. just like, I don't, I feel like, because was Sam Roos in yes, your class? He too? was there. He watched the game too. And he's a Patriots fan. Yes. That's what I re- that's why I went <gasps> because I was like, wait, I feel like I know some part of this story, but it's not the it's not the what you're about to say. Oh yeah. If you knew this, then it would be it, terrifying. I, I don't know why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know Sorry. why you know it, but I would be very sad if you did. Sorry. Um No, I yeah, Sam was there and God bless him, he watched the game and we were not supposed to win. The Patriots definitely should have, but we won. And I remember him just like the game ended and he was like and he just walked out, and yeah. I was like, I do not I blame you, and this. I feel very lucky. Right. I don't know why, and maybe maybe because of Sam, but I I know that story for some reason. Yeah. And, but <laughs> um, All right, yeah, so here's my guilt. Um, <laughs> you weren't 21 yet. I wasn't 21. Adam was. Adam was. I went to – my college was like a party school. Mm-hmm. I don't know if people who went there would say it, but I think that it definitely is. It's like small – Northeast liberal, liberal arts school, um, which a lot of schools are, you know, like that in the Northeast, but mm-hmm. it, but it's not one of the good ones that, you know, it's just where people go cause they couldn't get to any of those, sure. but they wanted to, right. which is definitely my scenario. Hilarious. And so it's just sort of like, well, we got to go to college. Right. So here we are. Um, which, you know, you don't got to go to college. That's <laughs> like, and that's the thing we've realized since. Yeah, exactly. You don't got to go. You don't have to pay for this. <laughs> um, but uh, so Shrek and Adam doesn't drink. Right. And so he was on his way over and I texted him just being such a dumb 20 or 19 year old oh, being like, no. hey, dude, could you pick up some beer um, oh. for the on the way? Just thinking it was like, that's what you do. Right. And you're 21. A so casual, yeah. 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 And like an entitled 20 year old. It was just like. Well, duh, if you're 21, that with power beer. comes responsibility, and your responsibility is you have to buy beer for everyone. Right, right. And he so nicely, like, bought me beer. Oh, of course he did. For a stop that he wasn't going to make. And I'm sure I, like, paid him back or whatever. But right, just the fact right. of, like, you're you going didn't over. You realize what you were asking. And, yeah, exactly. And now, thinking of that, it'd be like, oh, so get your funny. life together. Like, yeah. one, you don't need that beer. Two, right. don't ask the guy who's like, not if drinking you want, to make a well, stop. Well, I guess I was going to say, if you wanted it, you should have gotten it, which is something that you should accept after you're 21. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. But in that case, yeah. Oh, man. What is, so nice. You stopped and picked up Blue Moons it. or whatever beer oh. I thought was, like, really cool. <laughs> I was. It was probably Blue Moon. <laughs> I was classy back then. Right. And it just had that uh, European taste. That's so taste. funny. Do you... <laughs> do you feel like watching with, like when you are watching with people, do you think it affects the way that you watch? Yes, yes, yes. Um, sorry, I thought you were going to say something else after watching. No. I know what you were talking about. <laughs> um, yes, I do, because I went, I went to a Giants game last year, and um, it was awesome. The Packers beat them. It was up at Lambeau, which is really cool. And, um, but there were other Giants fans there. I went because a friend of mine got married in Wisconsin and they had this amazing idea that the Packers had a Monday night game and they were like, we're going to stick around Wisconsin or Sunday night game. The next day after the wedding, if people want to go, we're all going to go to the game. And you were like, I was like, and they're playing the Giants. Do you have to sell this to me any harder? (laughs) Right. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And you've probably never been to Lambeau. No, no. Which is like a pilgrimage for most NFL fans, I would think. Yeah. It's so cool. Like the small town and then all of a sudden there's just this giant stadium. Yeah. And all of the surrounding area is so funny because it's just like everything Packers. Everything. And it feels like it's... It's Packers city. To- 100%. Packers state. Um, and uh, and I like 
made buds with all of these random Giants fans yes. who were there from all around the country, and it just felt so cool. And, like, I spent so much time, even though I shouldn't, but, like, listening to the Giants podcast <laughs> and, like, following, like, this Giants Twitter list, you know, that I've made yes. and stuff. And just, like, it's just part of a – it's like a ritual, I guess. And so I have all this information and just want to share it with somebody and, yeah. like, bounce ideas off of. and. Yes. Uh, and it just felt, it's like one of those, you know, when you're connecting with somebody and you get goosebumps, it's like, I felt that like, you know, talking to these people. Yeah. It's like me, probably what you wanted out of that, like meet up at Gaslight yes, experience. Yes. 1000%. That is, that is what I wanted and so didn't badly. get there. Yeah. I got the total inverse of right. negative, but all by myself <laughs> of just not being able to like talk to anyone and right. telling myself like I'm the weirdo and then acting a self-fulfilling prophecy. <laughs> <And> then, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, right. so cool to connect with people. I love that. Until this guy I was sitting next to who's Giants fans. Uh, they're like from New Jersey and this is right before the 2016 election. Oh, no. And um, I was messing with my friend. It was literally like two weeks before the election. My friend who's a Packers fan who was next to me and I was like, Dude, Packers are Trump, Giants are Hillary. Packers are Trump, Giants are Hillary. You know, just like yeah, yeah, screwing of with them. Yeah, with yeah, like, yeah, Giants yeah. are the good guys. The, the, the jokes that we can make at the time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and the guy, this Giants fan next to me who I'd been talking to about all sorts of stuff and felt like we were like, you know, buds, he just turned to me and goes, hey, man, they're, they're both really bad. Or like, no, no, he didn't say they're both really bad. He said something that made it clear he's a Trump guy. Right. And I was like, oh. What do you even say? Oh, I didn't even point? know. And yeah. of course, that was like, you know, a small window into what would be. For uh, sure. A he was speaking many people's truths. He apparently. was. Yes. But, that um, is. That was the prophecy. Yeah. That we should have. <laughs> yeah. Born. It is funny, though. Like, uh, I think we get a little spoiled in Chicago where that kind of stuff is concerned, obviously, because it's a big city and it's like more liberal in general. But even like compared to New York. It's much more like liberal in general. That like New York seems much more conservative in general. Really? Than, yes, I do. I uh, oh, that. oh, New York, like surrounding area or New York City? A little of both. Really? A little of column A, column B. Yeah. We. I was in New York earlier this year and like met a Trumper at a bar. Like, yeah. <laughs> and I just feel like <laughs> that would not happen in Chicago. Like people just like wouldn't. I don't know. It just yeah. felt. We were in fucking, you know, Manhattan and like guys. Just... And they lived in New York. They weren't visiting. Yeah. 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 So I'm like, I don't know. He was wearing a suit. He was an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> if it was any indication, he was wearing a suit. So. Yeah. I mean, I don't, obviously this is like one instance, but uh, in general, that was like, I heard that a lot when I was there, that New York has like more Trumpers than Chicago would. That's so interesting. I don't know. Huh. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, this wow. Giants fan was, <laughs> I guess, proving my point is where, <laughs> he, <laughs> for some reason, why I'm coming to this. No, I, and possibility, he was the guy in the suit. Whoa. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I have to go, I think. <laughs> I, I have, they're on, you see, they're on offense. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Well, I guess that's so. Like you said, you've had a couple of it, two Super Bowls in the last what day? Two thousand eight was the first one. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, it's a ten year anniversary. That's you know that's a, that's like as much success as a team could ask for. Yes, and you know what? It is not that sweet. I was gonna say. With that said, these last couple seasons been terrible. 
this year especially. Oh, Greg, it was like just the biggest flop in like New York sports history. Is what really? all of my Giants oh. <laughs> That's what beat writers saying. tell me. <laughs> but you know what? But I, even when the Giants, I remember when they won in 08, I was like, oh, this is amazing. But, but okay, they won. And now it's just over. Right. And what am I supposed to be feeling that's so great? I was like telling myself that I need to be more excited and like bought these t-shirts online that I was just like, I got it. This is may never happen again in my lifetime. I need to appreciate this, but it didn't feel that good, which is so weird. And I get, I think that it's probably similar to a lot of things in life, but I like the grind of it more than Hmm. the thing. And maybe that's uh, partially uh, uh, like, lack of community like plays a role in that because sure. if you have a whole family that like, like your whole family with UGA, like if you guys were all together tonight or even not, you know, like talking on the phone and stuff. Oh like, yeah. I mean, even after the Rose Bowl, it was like definitely parts of what were making me the most excited and like, you know, emo- like if I was, I, cause I did get like at least a little emotional about it was like texting with my family, you know, my yes. brother sending like clips of Larry Munson making calls and, you know, all these, like, deep or uh, Georgia, like, fandom things were absolutely what made me feel even more excited about it. Yeah, and you can relive it with each other, and it's just like... For sure. When one person's feeling it, you're pouring gasoline on it, just, like, going back and forth, you know? For sure. Like, builds it up. And I think so, lack of community probably played a role in that, but it, it just isn't that... The journey is the destination, is what I'm saying, because it's yeah. more fun to the anticipation and tension. And that's so, that's so interesting to hear you say as yeah. like a, such a big fan, because I I tend to agree with you. Like in my experience, even I mean, especially the second Penguins Stanley Cup was just like, all right, cool. They they did the same thing they did last year. Wow. Good for them. All right, let's go to bed. <laughs> right. Whereas it's like after, I don't know how that series went down, but it's like after game three, if it's 2-1, you're like, okay, so um, they're, it's it's now in, who are they playing? They played, oh God, the Nashville Predators. So like, yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. So like yeah. now the next game's in Nashville, so we have a day off. So that means um, Tuesday night, let's like, you know, we'll yeah. get home at whatever time. Like of that course. is all so much more yes. fun. Yes, absolutely. I mean, er- yesterday, Eric was like, what do you want to eat for the game? I'll just have it ready when you get home. Just right. Like, oh, that sounds amazing. Just sit down, watch football, eat chicken biscuits, because that's what I wanted. <laughs> yeah. And like, like when you were like wasting time this week, like going on your phone and looking up different articles yes. and like player stuff. Like, Yes. I have Googled Nick Chubb and Sony Michelle fucking four times in the last week (laughs) just are they doing okay yeah like let me look at pictures of them again (laughs) do they look the same they do okay that's good that's a good sign okay did they still break this collegiate record of two running backs for one school yes okay cool (laughs) they didn't take that away all right well that bodes well that bodes well that just yeah seems like we're we're headed for success all right (laughs) yeah (laughs) like all of that is just so much more fun And every time I've run into, because I do have, you know, like one person that I know who's like a newer improviser in Chicago went to UGA, huge fan, saw him at the Annoyance Thursday, of course. How much fun is that? Yeah. Love it. You know, like that you can just see a person across the bar and go, I know the conversation we're about to have and it's going to be great. Yes. And it's a conversation (laughs) you want to exactly. And it's going to be great. That is exactly it. That's exactly it. And I feel like, yeah, with, with all of that. Community changes it, obviously, and I haven't 
totally had that with the Giants. But I think it's just like the question of whether they'll win or not is better than the answer. That's you know? so funny. I I think a big thing that I have discovered uh, through like actually, you know, following a team win a championship and that and like kind of similarly with the Cubs, uh, this season everyone kept saying like, well, <sighs> championship hangover. The Cubs almost made it back to the World Series. They did almost as well as they did the season before that. Right. So for someone to suggest that it was a championship hangover is absurd to me. Yeah. The best you can do is win again. Right. The best the Giants could do the season after both Super Bowls was win again. Right. So anything that's less than that feels disappointing. Right. And it, like, just changes your psyche as a fan for a long time. It does. It does. You're kind of broken a little bit. So I, I'm sure that has to be at least part of it. Yeah. It's like you're so pumped and you're just like, yeah, Super Bowl. And then the next season comes around and you lose a game. You're like, well, fuck, we're not going to do that again. Exactly. Yeah. You're, like, weak now. Yeah. You're, like, fan muscles have <laughs> atrophied. Yeah. Your yeah. fan muscles. I, and, I mean, Eric made a good point. We are watching the – Penguins have not been very good so far this season. And he was like, out of every team in the NHL, they've played more hockey in the last two years than anyone else has. Yeah. Literally, just physically, they're more injured because they have less time to recover. Yeah. And they're probably playing through injuries for those, like, playoff series. So for people to – for teams to just year in and year out maintain that level of success is – even more incredible than you can fathom it is. I yeah, think. that is such an interesting point. And especially like when teams win championships are really good, there's such a big emphasis on like ma- keeping those players, like yes. keep the core intact. Right. But by doing that, then yeah, you are susceptible <laughs> to about what he's what he's saying. Keeping yeah. all these players who may not be healthy. Right. You're talking about, you know, keeping someone on your roster who probably isn't as valuable as they were two years ago when you started all this. Right, yeah. And they've had two draining seasons. Yeah. In a sport that, like, punishes their body constantly. Right. So, like, I guess <laughs> as a fan of a team that obviously had a, uh, a very bad year <laughs> after yeah. a couple of years of huge success in the last decade, where do you think that the team should go? Like, how do you enter next season? Oh, <laughs> that's a fun question. Um, all right, so we got a new GM, Dave Gettleman, and I was against him because – you know what? Because I'm ageist. He's in his 60s, and I feel bad about that, but that is the reason that I was like, no, let's get some young guy who like is on the up and up and knows yeah. what's going on, and there's been a couple head coaches recently who have been very young and had success. I mean, the, Mike Tomlin is yes. also at the Steelers, yeah, like killed at a very young age, uh-huh. and that's ageist, and it's not The right. Rams coach. Yeah, Sean McVay, uh-huh. like killed at Kyle Shanahan right? Um, with the 49ers, but I listened to his first uh, press I don't know, whatever it is, like when he met the press. Yeah. Um, And he was great. And I immediately was like, this is somebody I can hang with. I trust him. It's important to have experience. You know, like all the reasons I like didn't like him. I was like, "Mm -hmm." (laughs) he even called out. He's like, I know you guys don't like me because all you're talking about is that I'm in in my 60s. And like, and you um, were like, (sighs) guilty, guilty, like, (laughs) God, so guilty. Even just hearing someone be self-aware about that, I'm sure was refreshing. Yes, yes, absolutely. Like he knows what 
he's self-aware of what other people also when people are writing articles about you it's pretty easy to be self-aware at least of what sure. they think if you're gonna read it and take it in the the only thing you could do is say this isn't true or like, yeah or this is what you think here's what i'm here to prove right um but i i liked him he also had been with the giants for a long time which is i think before he was the um carolina um gm like when they went to the super bowl he was their gm so then the, the Giants have been interviewing head coaching candidates for the past week, uh, like Matt Patricia, the defensive coordinator for the Patriots, uh, Josh McDaniels, the offensive coordinator for the Patriots, who I kind of want. Um, what's the Carolina defensive coordinator? They're interviewing him tomorrow. Wilkes. Mm. Wilkes. I can't remember his first name. Steve? No, something Wilkes, um, who I watched a bunch of his interviews the other day, and I like him too. That's, at least, you know, there's some irons in the fire that you're – you're pumped about oh, coming yeah. to the team. But this is what I like more. I love watching the games. And even this year, my dad was like, as a kid, he was like famous, at least in my house, <laughs> of, for like screaming at the TV. You sure. know what I mean? Like, yeah. I remember going to this place to watch a game with him once called Bambino's. <gasps> Bambino's. Yeah, it's no longer there, unfortunately. But um, And it's like a sports bar. And I got to go once for some reason, or maybe it was to pick him up. And he was standing, it was to pick him up. He was standing on a bar stool, uh, like being like, come on, come on. Cause like you couldn't watch university of Arizona games in Vermont. Cause like, Oh, so you like have to go to somewhere they have direct TV or something. And which is funny cause he's not like a drinker really. So like he was doing that sober (laughs) screaming on a, on like a stool, like let's go. Um, so I definitely have his zeal while watching games, but mm-hmm. I love the like GM building aspect of it. You know, if you're playing like a video game, like the dynasty mode where you get to like yes. recruit or make players and all that. Like, yes, right. Yeah. I mean, that, that whole idea is why all of those like Age of Empires, which I, Lord, I love playing in college, but all of those games that you see endless ads for Age of, put any word. Enter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Age of Enter. <laughs> um, like that's why all those are so popular because it's just fun to build stuff and it like has something there's some like feedback in our brain of just like crafting and building up something is like so satisfying. And I love that aspect of being a fan because it's fun to do what we're doing now, which is like play GM or play owner. Like what you, what would you do? And then compare that to the team and hopefully you're not disappointed. But then also once they do draft guys, I love the NFL draft. I love doing all sorts of research on it and like, hearing about different players and stuff. Also, you get to see somebody realize their dream, which yes. is just like, Ugh. even if it's a sport where they're being manipul- manipulated and taking it, taken advantage of, I can put that aside for a second and just be like... And just be happy for them, yes. Yeah, and a whole family and community where they're from, like, just changed in that instant. You know I what I mean? I have chills. Like, I really do, yeah. just hearing you talk about it. Like, uh, if remember being in high school, if there was any high school alum, whether it be recent or otherwise, who did something, it was like, oh, I cared I about it. I tell everyone that, like, Clint Dempsey went to the same school as I did. Whoa. <laughs> right? He, w- he played soccer at Furman University, this, like, small liberal arts college. Oh, for college? Okay, yeah, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, but uh, for high school, Aziz Ansari was a graduate of my high school. Oh, jeez. So, no, like, I didn't mean like, oh, oh, no, no. No, Mary Beth, that does not qualify. Hey, I was talking you, about high school. No, 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 but I have a high school one, too. No, no. But those you are like do, my you two. do. Those are like my two. Like, I went to the same high school as Aziz, and I went to the same college as Clint Dempsey. That those are huge <laughs> names, though. The only reason I stripped up because I was like, "Oh man, I read the story about Clint Dempsey. I this whole time thought he was from Texas, and uh, he's not." Yeah, he is from Texas. Yeah, um, yeah. But 
ours were like this one guy who played baseball at my high school who I didn't even know. And people were like, yeah, he's doing really well in D3 college baseball. And maybe he'll have a chance to play. <laughs> and he probably like never. Quint- quintuplet A or something like that, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, the of Toledo course. mud hens or whatever. <laughs> yeah, right. Like if they would have him, yeah. which was probably not the case. I don't even remember yeah. his name. But like that was such a huge deal. And of like course. if somebody gets drafted, like it's Insane. There was someone I that think affects so many lives. It was the first. I think it was the first pick for the Falcons this year. And when he got on stage, he had like brought a framed picture of his grandmother, and he <sighs> dropped an f bomb during it because he was just like so so happy. Yeah. And he was just like, I told you, I made a promise to you that I was gonna go to school and I was gonna make myself something and I was gonna be here. I promised you. And it was just like so passionate. I I just like wept. Like I was like, I'm this tearing is up right now. Beautiful. Like yeah. And it's it's like you said, you just like see this whole community change with one person's life decision. Yeah. And I mean, it's like movie stuff, you know? I For mean, sure. Plenty of sports movies. But <laughs> right. I think that's also... Are there any... Well, Little Giants. <laughs> I mean, uh, Rick Moranis at his best. <laughs> and I mean, the characters named Icebox and Spike playing against each other. Come on. Yeah, sign me up. I will take two, please. Make the next one. I even had the book Little Giants, which was just pictures of the movie yes. describing the plot. But do you think it was because... The Giants was in there. And oh yeah, that's why I got, I got it for, for like sure. from Santa or something. <laughs> um, but uh, that's Hard Knocks is so much fun to watch because you are watching these people and you're meeting their families, especially like the undrafted free agents and stuff. Yes. Where it's like it is make or break. Are they going to make three to four hundred thousand dollars a year, which is league minimum? You know what I mean? Like right. they're poor yeah, NFL yeah. standards, <laughs> yeah. but like can support <laughs> so many people with that, <laughs> right? Um, or are they just not and going to have to find some sort of part-time job and support, you know, a lot of times like they'll I mean, highlight like somebody a with a kid and stuff. Of that. Yeah. Doing something they probably, you can't fathom that they would like it a fraction as much as being a football player with their life. Right. And they also go from playing in college where you are a god on campus yes. and the country also is like building you up yes. in these huge stadiums and playing these giant games. And yes. then it's just like... All right, take care. We'd love to have you back sometime. If we can use you, if you become a big enough name, we would love to to, yeah. to use your name. But and if you and care. if you don't, who gives a shit? Like, right? I mean, Tom Fell put it very well because he went to UGA as well this morning. He posted something to the effect of like, "Okay, time for me to put my happiness on the shoulders of a large group of eighteen to twenty-two year olds." Like, right? <laughs> isn't that crazy? Yeah, if watching children. They're so young and probably so dumb in just the sense of they are that young and yes. are like telling people to pick them up beer and you're like, <laughs> exactly. They're their friend that doesn't that drink. The exact thought I had too. Really? Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, what do you, I guess, is there anything that you would be remiss to not get to talk about as a Giants fan? I mean, we haven't really talked about Eli very much, which yeah. I feel like. Um, I think Eli is a, He's a class act, it seems, everything I know. And uh, he signed my hat once, which is pretty cool. Yes. Um, love that. Yeah. He, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I don't know where I'm at. I, I'd be fine if they brought him back. If, if he had to go, I hope that he gets to play somewhere else so that he can still play. I think that's a, a reasonable place to be as a fan. It's yeah. like you're not necessarily like rooting for another year of Eli Manning. Right. But, 
And, he could and he'd be okay. I just right. I would like he's done well by the Giants. So I would like if they're not going to play him, don't make him be a mentor and not be on the field. Like I mean, the bigot that was like one of the things that really turned me off. That was like one of the my last straws with the Bears was that they like straight up cut Urlacher and he like basically had to retire. Yeah. Uh, and and he had given the team so much and like will be remembered so finely by the fan base and he got really like pretty royally screwed right at the end of his career. Right. Which what, I don't know what the right answer. The right answer is like the Michael Strahan thing where you win the Super Bowl and you retire. Yes. Not everything but he's not doing right now. That. But like, yeah, but yeah, yeah. But, oh yeah, but sure, not, sure. But not everybody gets that right. Like Jerome Bettis, I think, did the same thing. Yes, I think um, you're right. Like that's the ultimate scenario. But then it's just like, okay, they don't have the skills or the athleticism or whatever health to do this job anymore. Right. How do you still? Yeah. You know. What's the what's the right like? Yeah. Agreement. I don't know. Um, but as a Giants fan, uh, anything I I once got to go on the field at MetLife Stadium, which is really cool. My yes. friend Adam Lathan knew the Giants receivers coach Sean Ryan, who's no longer the receivers coach, but. And he, I got to go on the field before a game, and that was amazing. And that just, I just want people to know that I did that once. Uh, what like era of the team was it? Do it you was remember? Three years ago, I think, because oh. I was like living in New York for a little bit, and he and my friend Adam lives in New York and knew this guy, so we went to a couple games, and when we got to go on the field beforehand, it was That's amazing. That's awesome. That's, I think, yeah. The only, uh, I had a friend who worked for the Bucks for a long time. She okay. now works for the Seattle Sounders. Uh, but like her, I think it was her last season working for the Bucks. She was like, "Hey, we're playing the Bears. If you buy tickets, I can get us onto the field before the game." So at first cool. we weren't going to go because the tickets were still like so expensive and yeah. the Bears were terrible. But by that point in the it was like the Sunday before Thanksgiving, and tickets were like half of what they had been the first time we Hell looked. yeah. So we totally went, and I was like, you know, from you to we, uh, you to me away from Brandon Marshall, as I remember yeah. so specifically being like, holy shit, Brandon Marshall taking catches before the game. You're you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're right here in person. Yeah. Yeah, so I feel like that's such a specific, if you have that, if you get a chance to have that kind of experience, I just feel like you remember exactly who it was that yes. you saw. I remember Devin Kennard, who's the Giants outside linebacker, coming up and hugging his girlfriend, and his girlfriend had been talking to my friend. <laughs> and so she was like, hey, this is uh, my friend Adam runs uh, the Gumbo Bros in uh, Brooklyn, if you go there. It's a great Gumbo restaurant. Gumbo Bros. Yeah. Love and it. she was like, he runs this restaurant that I think we should really check out. And, and uh, Devon Kennard was like, oh, yeah, nice to meet you, man. I was just like, not to me, even. Right, I was right. just like, ah. Hey, he talked to my friend. So cool. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. That's super great. Um, but what's interesting about the NFL, yeah, I think just in general, is it, and maybe football in general as a sport, is they are so, it gives me, and I think a lot of fans, endless reasons not to like it. Throughout my entire life, it has given me only reasons not to like it that are logical. Emotionally, because I've played it since I was little and watched it since I was little, that's the reason I come back. I mean, all decisions are made from emotions. But um, my favorite player growing up is Lawrence Taylor. When I got older, he was accused of raping a 16-year-old, and then he didn't get in trouble for whatever reasons. She was um, a sex worker or something, and he says he didn't know. Whatever, don't need to get reasons. But like, Lord. you know, like that was like yeah. my, as a little kid, like that was my favorite player, and I wanted to be just like him. Yeah. And then my second favorite player was Dave Meggett, who's now in jail. And it will be for another. And oh he has like multiple arrests for like God. sexual assault or something like that. 
Um, but even that's the, those aren't reasons to stop liking it. But like, those are like small pillars of like when yeah. I was a kid why I liked them, and they you know sort of let me down and let themselves down obviously. Right. Um, and many other people. And then the league continues to let down you know victims and. Uh, by you know it, the league seemingly still doesn't handle things like that well. I mean, this year look we had Ezekiel Elliott who like was going to still play the whole season until someone put a stop to it. You right. know, and it's like they, there's still just so many there's so many players who don't co- like the league. Obviously, doesn't care very much. They def they just want the best players on the field. They just want the most people watching. Exactly. Like they just. I mean, it's, it's business. Like, but even the game in the game of football is so dangerous. It's so it's almost impossible to make it safe. It right. will never be safe. No, I stopped playing football because I wanted to hang out with friends. But also, every time I bent over, I had a headache. Like, I oh, also didn't awful. know how to tackle and would use my head. And that's of course, I was told that when I was growing up, it's just like you won't miss them if you hit them with your head because that's where your eyes are. Of you know, of course, that's what people are telling you. Yeah, I mean, now everything's now smart. Like, yeah, yeah, you would hope so. In high school, when we won the uh, the semifinal game before the final game of my senior year. Uh, I had hit this kid or like tackled the quarterback when he had been like scrambling and we hit head to head and the ambulance had to come get him. And, um, he was fine. He was fine. But like we hit head to head and I then was back on the field and I thought the field was like on a cloud. Oh no. And I, the, my friend would tell me the play on defense and I would be like, wait, wait, Drew, what was the play? And he'd tell me, and then I'd ask him again. So he told the coach like, you got to take him out. Thank God. He was like, a friend. has a concussion. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, a friend. And also, if you want to win the game, get Andrew out of the game because he's God. not doing anything. Yeah, but still, like, yeah. Oof. But at that time, the trainers told me, don't go to the hospital because then... You won't be able to play in the yeah, finals. They'll say that you have a concussion. You won't be able to play next week. So it was just like, <laughs> try to stay up late. Don't fall asleep because that was like a that's thing. A, that's a thing, yeah. Um, but otherwise, you know, don't do that. So like, even to my body, it's like been like, okay, don't play the sport. And then, like, now in the NFL, all of the sort of social issues that there are, the danger of the game, um, like, like even, like, Steelers, like Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah. He, I mean, oh. he was accused twice. Like, people aren't accused. Sure, there are definitely examples where people have been accused twice and they're totally innocent and great person. That is a small, you know, minority of the people that are accused twice for certain things. And, like, but... He's a he's a sports hero still, and, and I keep like, you know I watch him play football on right. an almost weekly basis, right? Even though he's trash, like right. I can sit here and say, like he for sure has done things that he should have seen more repercussions for, you know? Like yeah. I'm with you, like yes, we have to be diplomatic, etc. But there's no doubt in my mind. And a rape kit went missing. It's like, Good come on. Lord. In a yeah. small, like, Georgia town where it's an NFL <sighs> star Lord. versus, like, a college student. Please. Yeah. I mean, a fucking Patrick Kane. We're sitting here in Chicago. Who totally. want to talk about people who, like, are still playing and haven't seen any repercussions. And a very similarly shady thing happened in that case. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Where, the, like, the exact same, kit, I think, right? I think you're right. Or it they, was like, opened The term the kit had been tampered with, and they were like, they just threw it out. Yeah. Yeah. But I admire my friends who have let their moral compass, who have, have followed their moral compass and let that, you know, stop them from watching the NFL. Like I had a few friends this year who are just like, I'm not watching Same. it anymore. Yeah. Um, and I often wonder when I'm like shaming myself of like, well, buddy, what is it going to take for you to yeah. 
for sure. Yeah, to like, you know, cut the cord. Yeah, to like follow what you know is right. And mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know the answer to that. It's just that deep in me of how much it's played a role in my life and identity. And yeah, yeah. How do you on a on a little easier, lighter note? I guess, but it, <laughs> but it kind of it dovetails with that really nicely uh, because it. Uh, what I want to hear is. How do you feel like your love of the Giants has influenced you creatively and kind of uh, ribbon tying in general, like in your life? That's a good question. Uh, I think, I don't know if this is necessarily Giants specific, but my love of football and maybe sports in general has, has made me... Um, a physical performer, you know, mm, like I think for sure I use my body more cause that's sort of what for so long, like you're coached in how to use your body. So like, that's the first sort of how you express yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, the giants specifically, I'm sure they have in some way, but I don't know how, I mean, when, if they lose, I'm bummed. And, and so if what I'm doing a show on a Sunday night that's really and funny. they've lost, you know, maybe it'll take me a little bit more to get going. That's really funny. Um, I'm sure there's something to, you know, Kind of going back to uh, <laughs> fandom in general and just, like, tuning in and being aware of this thing. And, like like you said, kind of community, all those things influence what you're bringing to a show, like, as a creative person. Yeah, and just loving something that can't love you back. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, yeah. I love the Giants. I've always loved the Giants. Like, uh, it... But, the, you know, they're not going to love me back. And, right. like, you know, and uh, I, I think it's, it's probably something about, like, you know, giving yourself up to something you can't control and how freeing that is. And <laughs> the pain it makes the whatever sweeter, you know, and all that. Right. But, um, but you even come to it saying, like, when ultimately you've done the best the Giants possibly could have, it still didn't quite... No, I feel like that was the thing that made you feel like it was all worth it. <laughs> Which isn't that like so true of so many goddamn things in life. Yes. I don't mean to like demean that point because it's like so true. No, about- I, I think, yeah, I think it's absolutely applicable in terms of like, well, this is like talking to someone who uh, worked for years to accomplish a goal of like being on a second city stage and has it. And like, I'm sure it's amazing, but probably completely different from what you could have conceived it to be. Oh, totally. And that's been true of every step in my like comedy career. If, exactly. Like, I remember going to see a Herald show at I, the old IO with my mom when I was in comedy studies and I saw this Herald show, and it was the most amazing thing ever. And then I saw them get in a cab afterwards. And I've told this story so many times. And I was like, where are those guys going? Going to, like, do something amazing. And then you do it, and you're like, oh, my God, they're worried about a million things yes. and their people. Yes. That's and I think so funny. Yes. Even, even now, like, doing Second City stuff, it's like you are not thinking about the things you thought you would be thinking about. You know what I mean? And going into it or yeah, you're thinking about or every, afterwards or whatever. Everyday stuff that, like, you're thinking about then you're thinking about now and the job is the people you're doing it with. You know, it's not just a like label of a job. It's just whatever that cast is, that's what that specific experience is. And it'll be different the next time and the next time. In the the same way that like 
the Giants now are not the same team as you started with. Totally. You're a fan. Yeah. And, you know, you're going to remember who the players were that were there when you were on the field. And in the same way that someone's going to remember who the, like, main stage cast was the first time they ever saw a Sega City show or whatever. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there is something kind of sports-like and fandom built into the whole thing. Totally. And I also think it is... Um, similar to like liking a, liking a team as a kid, then you get older and you realize like, oh, this isn't really, doesn't have that much sparkle. Like when you first moved here and you right. watched whatever show or thing you were really into. Yes, And right. then you learn the realities of it or the realities of even those people maybe that you're watching. Of course. Yeah, I was going to say it even, you can, you know, you can keep going down the analogy of like, well, a lot of people grew up watching Bill Cosby. You know, like. That was my family show. The Cosby show was my family's show. And I remember spending years trying to find another family show that we could all like. I gave myself that mission and never did. But, uh, but yeah, yeah. And so it's... It's so funny. I've never really thought about it as quite a one-to-one like that. But yeah. Yeah. There's something to the like team and individual nature of those two institutes. Yeah, and nothing is as great or as impressive as you think it is initially. From the inside. Yeah, 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 the truth of it is never. Which right. I think it, it's maybe better that way because it takes time to realize that and that time is just a period of growth. And if you're not kind of mystified by something, maybe you don't pursue it and... Lord knows I would not want to have. I'm glad that I pursued it. Right, right, right. Of course. But, you know, thank goodness you got out of football when you did. Like, you probably, you know, have given yourself, like, life back, not to mention your college experience. I hope that I got out of it not too late. I'm worried about (laughs) what seeds I planted with head-to-head contact. Yeah, well... Unfortunately, the NFL will not help you with that. They will not. No. And I never clicked on all those ads I kept getting for like, be a part of this concussion study with NCAA. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean. It's probably a combination of like not wanting to know. Yeah, probably. And there's a million bodily health, anything issues that I'm worried about that aren't real. So. That's a good. That's that's fair. I'll let this be part of that bucket and. As soon as, like, one little ache is in my finger, I'll worry about that for two weeks. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for doing this. Thank you so much for having me. This is so much fun. Um, Yeah, this is great. Go Giants. (laughs) Awesome. I was going to say, I was going to give you one more Go Giants for sure. Have a great draft. I I know you're going to be so pumped to to just inject any, (laughs) like, new life. Yes. Into the team that you had to watch this year. <laughs> I don't know who they are or what they're doing right now, but I can't wait to meet our new players. <laughs> uh, Andrew, thank you. Thank you for you. having me, and Mary I Beth. Love that. you too. This is great. And I'm feeling the cold, me on again. And I'm feeling so This has been a Nerdalogs production. If you'd like to help make more things like this, please visit patreon.com slash nerdalogs to donate today. And go to www.nerdalogs.com for more cool stuff. Thanks for being awesome. Thank you all. Thank you all. I am Grabbot23548X.